Hi, I'm Nat. And I'm Lizzie. Welcome to The Third Space, a podcast for youth workers, by youth workers, to talk about the highs and lows of working with young folks in spaces outside of school and home. We made it! We're back! It's our triumphant return. Um, Thank you for your patience with our hiatus, um, temporary hiatus, mostly where we worked a lot. Um, (laughs) Right. (laughs) um, And rested for one day. That's not true. We rested for several days. Um, In the spirit of work-life balance, I did sleep a lot, though, 15 hours. It was great. Mm. Um, Anyway, so we're excited to be back. Um, we're here for our 10th episode today. Um, wow, it's a milestone. Yeah, it feels like it to us. Um, talking about the topic of hospitality, partially inspired by our time away at camp where we were with young folks um, in the woods for five days. Um, we sure were. We were. Yellow jackets and all. Um, and yeah, so we wanted to, sp- to spend some time talking about hospitality. Um so we'll go ahead and start off with a check-in related to hospitality, which is, Nat, tell us about a time when you felt welcomed. Oh, it happens so often. Um, I, full disclosure, had to reflect on this question for quite some time. Um, but I think one time that made me feel like really welcomed in a very muffiny way as part of um, my job is I do like sometimes site visits to schools to visit their GSA clubs and GSA, formerly known as Gay Straight Alliances, increasingly known as Genders and Sexualities Alliances, um, is usually like either during school or after school clubs for LGBTQ students to come together. And I was doing a visit and they were... I. The GSA advisor was so cute, like wanted to go show off like the bulletin board that their school club had. And as we got there, I noticed that they had a flyer up that said like had the date that I was there and was like, welcomes, you know, Nat Duran from (laughs) this organization, like to come meet with us, I think as a way to like drum up increased interest. I don't remember how many folks attended that (laughs) meeting, Um, but I was just like, it was like the first time where um, that had happened. Like I was just like, Oh, I'm bulletin board worthy. (laughs) And yeah, it just made me feel really welcomed in their space. And um, it was quite flattering. So, Uh, Oh my goodness. So cute. How about you, Lizzie? Um, well, it's funny that you share a story about being on a bulletin board. Mine is slightly less glamorous, but similar. <laughs> um, so I also went through a merge process a few years ago between two organizations. And shortly after the papers were signed, I think like within two weeks after that was when we like officially moved to the other organization. So we hadn't really worked out of the other office or anything before that. Um, cause we had had our own building before and I showed up on the first day and they were like, Hey, just like, welcome. Like, so glad you're here. And then like showed me immediately back to the desk that they had set up and like the, and it was like all clean and nice. And there were, um, 
new pens. They got me new pens, ah. which was really like thoughtful. Yeah. Um, like rainbow pens. And, um, yeah. And then there was like a sign on the desk that said like, and it was like on cute paper that was like, welcome Lizzie. And then the executive director had like handwritten a card being like, we're so grateful that you're here. Like blah, blah. Um, and I think I just was like, cool. You're not like mad that I'm showing up, which like, not that they would be, but like an emerge process, it's always a little bit like weird. And it's interesting, like, since I've been there, of course, I've seen them do this for lots of other people. Like, other people have gotten the same thing, um, which makes it seem, at this point, kind of routine. But I think it's good to reflect on this moment, like, how even those things that, like, now seem kind of routine, because I've seen them so many times, were, like, so meaningful to me on the other side. Just a little bit of, like, a a shout-out and an intentional statement of welcome. Yeah. So... Just very cute. Okay. Um, And so on the topic of hospitality, Nat, you are going to tell us a story um, about a time when hospitality arrived as a theme in your youth work. Before we do that, before I share this story, can we talk a little bit about what hospitality is? Or you would rather the story? Well, I think that's a good question that I'm curious to ask you after your story. Great. Okay, cool. Um, so I, again, full disclosure, I think we bounced a lot of ideas off of our head and nailing down what was going to be the exemplary story, especially having just come from our own camp experience, which I feel like hospitality makes up a large part of our roles there. Um, but I couldn't help but think of camp from two years ago. So 2017 camp where, which was the only year at a different campsite than we have typically held it at, um, but allowed us to have our own. So back up, rewind. Um, every, not just for camp, but anytime we hold a youth leadership event, we like to create or like carve out intentional space within that setting to create what we call kind of what has become to affectionately been be called the chill cave. We love alliteration. (laughs) Is chill cave alliterative? Basically. It's not. It's got a double C. It's like. Right, but two different different sounds. Uh, Anyway, we can split those hairs off the air. Um, But our chill cave is typically space that we allow young folks who might need to take a break or a recharge from programming where we often have things like coloring sheets or pillows or soft textiles or fidgets or things that um, would just allow them to de-escalate if they felt escalated or um, just kind of chill chill out (laughs) as the name might imply. Um, And that particular year, I remember that leadership at our organization was particularly proud that every single item in the chill cave had come directly from campers 
I don't necessarily think not intake forms in the sense of like collecting medical information or whatnot, but um, each year at camp, we ask campers to fill out a like getting to know me form or like what you needs to know best about me in order to like be my bunk counselor or like support me in appropriate ways. Yeah. It just includes questions like just to provide some examples. It includes questions like, um, this is what I need to sleep at night. Um, this is a fear I may have, even though it might feel silly and right. it's like check boxes of like, Things like that. everyone else is going to know one another and I'm not, I'm going to have a hard time making friends or I'm going to be homesick cause I've never been away from home before. Um, and, and one of the questions on there, it like explicitly names that we have this designated space for campers, if they need to take a break from programming, what is something that helps you feel supported in spaces like that? And every single item that made it into the chill cave that year came directly from one of those. So like there were twinkle lights and there were book like books for campers to read if they just wanted to like chill out and read or sketchbooks if they wanted to draw or coloring sheets with coloring supplies if they wanted to do that um and and like different like there were like blankets that were some were fuzzy blankets and some were like thinner (laughs) for the summer heat it was just like um a really beautifully magical space that was literally crafted from all of the hopes and dreams of the campers who came that year. And um, yeah, I just, I, I think it was a space that um, then was so welcoming that campers would go there and not want to leave. Yes. Um, which as the person who was responsible for supervising that space, it right. became not very chill because it was very quickly. Too, too fun. <laughs> too welcoming. Too welcoming in there. Yeah. Uh, um, but but I think it, it definitely felt um, I think it felt very meaningful to to the folks who made that space happen that it was done in such an intentional and inclusive way. Um, yeah. So I have questions. Of course. Um, you always do. Well, I feel like you started out by asking, like, what is hospitality? And I'm curious, like, hearing that as a definition, like, what – or hearing about that as a story, like, what about that to you speaks to your own personal definition of hospitality? Yeah. Um, well, and that's just it. As I was getting to the end of the tale, I feel like – I landed in a place where I was like, oh, is this actually counter? Not counter in the sense of like, it was clearly a welcoming space. Okay, so to back up, to answer your question, actually, um, I think for me, hospitality is um, the active practice of, of anticipating, like meeting, anticipating needs no matter what they might be, anticipating and providing needs um, so that folks feel supported in a lot of different ways, right? And I think oftentimes, as 
So for example, as someone who defaults to like comfort food or like food, like food and drink as method of, and by that, I mean like water, like I, like I need to stay hydrated. I hydrate really well and I recognize very quickly when I'm getting dehydrated, um, that I like lean a lot on, on, on food and water to help me feel better when I may not necessarily feel that great. And so, um, like some, someone offering that, I don't know. I think I oftentimes default to thinking of like food and drink when I think of hospitality, but, um, I think it also means, Oh, sorry. Go on. Well, I think obviously you default to that if it's about anticipating people's needs, right? Like one of the most universal needs of human people is the need to eat. Like, I mean, right, like that is a baseline survival need. And I think a lot of hospitality is about meeting people's like survival needs. It is not just about like the sort of like, which to me is what is so appealing about the quality of hospitality, right? That I think in a lot of ways we spend a lot of time thinking about caring for the like intellectual piece of people, right. Of like challenging people's minds or encouraging them to think differently, right. Or caring for people's feelings. I think, especially in my work, I do so much like peer to peer support, right. Or like things like that. Or like we invest all this energy in creating like safer spaces, which are about like ensuring that people's feelings are respected and cared for and all of those pieces. But I think one of the things I really love about hospitality is it is often a physical manifestation of care, not just this sort of like these like intangibles, right? Like, and it is, it is intangible in its own way, but I think often it's more about like, to use the Maslow's pyramid hierarchy situation, right? Uh, Maslow. Um, love the pyramid. It's more about like those first tiers of needs, right? right? Like the first several levels, not, not about like, we're not self-actualizing through hospitality. You know what I mean? Like we're making sure that people feel like that people are warm, not too hot or not too cold. We're making sure that people have like a literal space to be in, right? Like a, that we're making sure people aren't hungry or thirsty or like a lot of those pieces. And I think, right. Like also this idea of like welcoming people. And I chose that check-in question because to me, like when I think of hospitality in its baseline sense, the first thing I think of is like, come in, come in (laughs) that piece, right. Of like the initial welcome. But I think that also tells people that like, this is a space where you are allowed to be. Like right. it, it, you're just like giving people permission, like literally permission to cross your threshold. Right. Well, and I think all, and it's funny because anyone who's ever planned an event with me knows that I, I don't get pulled off of food duty, but after the fact that I'm responsible for food, people are like, you're never doing that again. Because for me also like variety is part of <laughs> offering like, um, be like, well, but what if like, these, this like variety pack of juice boxes isn't enough. What if someone wants a different kind of juice box, right? And so, and then folks are like, Duran, like too many juice boxes. Um, well, but before you like poo-poo that idea. I'm not, I, I staunch, I clearly staunchly stand in that camp because it happens every time. I'm like, well, all the different kinds of food, all the different kinds of, 
drink and chips or whatever it is, right? Right. But I think the idea of customization, right, which is maybe like taking that because it is not practical in a large space, in a large scale youth situation, it is not possible. And like often we have tiny budgets, right? And we have not a lot of resources and we're trying to like create something with not a lot. And I think the idea though of customization, right, of like a build your own, Right. Right. Like which which allows opportunities for people to express their own likes and dislikes is a form of hospitality. Like I can think of times in my life, even in my like personal life. Right. Like nobody is mad about like make your own pizza, build your own taco, like any pasta bar. Huge success. Huge success at camp this year. But I think largely because, right, it allows for the idea that, like, everyone gets to have exactly what they want. Right, yes. Recognizing that, and which is just a recognition that different people like different things. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like, that is, like, a manifestation of hospitality, right? That, That idea of, like, how can we create options? Oh, I'm not arguing that it is not hospitable. I know it is hospitable. I'm saying that I, you're right, that oftentimes we've got line items to consider. Well, which I think like a very practical way of doing this is like um, one of my fabulous colleagues, Jess, made, um, shout out, had like a group activity. Um, We run LGBTQ programming together. So like, it was rainbow themed, but like you could do this in any way, but did an activity about like building your own track, like trail mix, which I think is a great example of like this because it was rainbow was not the most cost effective trail mix because we had to get fruits and all the different colors and it took a turn. But I feel that you, but you could do something very similar that would be very cost effective, but would also like sort of provide the opportunity for people to create what they wanted. Yeah. Our new organization, when we did our day-long staff retreat to talk about strategic plan, did that same exact thing. Like, at the last staff meeting, had the check-in question was, like, what's your ideal trail mix component? And then they just bought all those things in totally. bulk at Costco, and it was great. It was yeah. – I had all the M&Ms and pretzels <laughs> I could dream of. Right, right. Well, and I think, like, this is a – piece that feels really one of the values of our of this camp that we run there are four values and one of the values is about being trauma-informed and I think it is impossible to me personally to talk about to talk about valuing hospitality or trying to practice hospitality without connecting that to the idea of making our youth spaces trauma-informed because I think one is an extension of the other and I think like the idea of providing people with a menu of options is also a practice in being trauma informed too, right? Like recognizing that. And one of my other fabulous coworkers, Gus, shout out to Gus, um, came up with a great metaphor for talking about what it means to be trauma informed, which was like being trauma informed programmatically means that like we set up a coat rack, recognizing people are going to show up with coats rather than like being surprised when everyone walks in the door and are like, Oh my God, like what are we going to do with all these coats? Which like literally has happened to me in a party situation also like right of this moment of like, well shit, I guess we'll just put them on the bed. You know what I mean? Like rather than being like, yes, I know that people are arriving to my house. And so therefore I have cleared off the bed or like 
moved my own coats into the closet so that my coat rack is available for other people's use, right? Or whatever. And I think like recognizing that everybody comes with their own stuff and preferences and ideas about what feels good and what doesn't. And so like making space for that, whether it's through providing options or, you know, just being responsive, I think. Right. Is really important. Well, and that's the only reason why I was ending when when I mentioned that I was started coming full round to mm. the story and wondering if it meant if that was hospitality is and I don't know why I have this weird hang up about it being anticipatory instead I'm glad that you just included being responsive because to include all of the different components in the chill cave that campers had suggested or requested or asked for meant that that's being responsive right and I was just like oh is it not being anticipatory enough but we don't need to set up a value hierarchy around what hospitality looks like we don't but also I think anticipatory right in the sense of knowing that some people will need to take a break from the space true right because I think like chill caves like we do those at all of our events also not just things like not just big things like camp but even like smaller events we always have an alternative space right like a place for people to exit the main group and be somewhere else and I think just being thoughtful about that right and like recognizing that one need that many people have is to take a break from a larger group. And so instead of being surprised when someone needs to do that, we invite people to take care of their needs. It's like telling people where the bathroom is when they walk in your house. Right. Right. It's like, okay, well like welcome, like glad you're here. Here's where you can put your coat. We were, yeah. Like we just got out the appetizers like, and then we're walking back to the kitchen and it's like, Oh, here's the bathroom if you need it. Right. So then it's not like, oh my God, I have to pee, but I don't know where to go. And like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And like, Mm -hmm. leg jiggle, like whatever, you know? And I think like that is, that is anticipatory to offer people that resource and then responsive to say like, I don't know what show means to you. Right. Tell me about it. Right. Sorry. I got lost in thought as you were talking around that. Cause I was like, okay, we covered like food and drink. We covered where the restrooms are. I kind of touched on and talking the story of the chill cave, like, and you touched on like temperature regulation, right? Like noticing if some offering a blanket or a hoodie or something, if someone looks cold or even like shorts, if someone looks hot. Um, But I think, like, as I was just reflecting on the theme of hospitality, I guess for me in the vein of of anticipatory, um, folks who know and love me, those who are closest to me, know that I have a tendency to hoard paper products. So, like, paper towels, napkins, things of that nature. Because you never know when you're going to need that, right? And some of the moments when I have felt the most hospitable are I was at a recent like national convening um, through one of our partner organizations and throughout like that long weekend um, there were a couple instances where I was in close proximity to someone who, you know, had, had gotten whose emotions had gotten like heightened, like sharing out about, um, 
whether it was like racial justice or trauma or whatnot. And um, like to the point of tears and being able to quickly like respond and offer granted not a tissue because all I really had were napkins, but um, in those moments, even if it was not me hand, cause oftentimes it was kind of like a pass past the paper product um, to the affected person. Um, just like expressions of gratitude in that moment, people feel like that, like that is a need. Like when we unexpectedly um, express strong emotion in, in, in community with others um, or in public. Right. And don't expect it that, um, that also demonstrates being taken care of by other folks in the space. Um, and I, yeah, so I think that there are just like a lot of ways to, to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think like in the example of crying in public, um, which you were just talking through, right? And, and I think in a fair amount of the examples we've given in the past, or like so far, I think a lot of them are 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 more about responding to like, not basic needs, but like, you know, to my point earlier in the triangle, the, the right. pyramid. Right. Um, but I also think like one of the things, so like I, I learned about hospitality through the concept of being a hostess. My family is from Mississippi, um, and I am the next in a long generation of women who take hostessing very seriously. Um, and are so good at it. I mean, I think that the others who have come before me are truly excellent um, hostesses. And so, like, I was, like, ex- this was, like, a thing that I was, like, parented around. Um, like, there were explicit conversations about what it means to be a good hostess. Um, and like how to be hospitable to other people were like things I grew up talking about. Um, and one of my favorite hostessing jobs that my mom would give me is arranging the cookie trays at our Christmas party. I love to arrange the cookie trays. My mom would make several different kinds of cookies and you have to like arrange the cookies on a cookie tray so that it's like visually interesting and like pretty, but also so that like you're being mindful of the different structures of the different cookies and you're not like risking damage, particularly to the meringue cookies, because they're like delicate. And what that makes me think of in this context of like working with young people, which I know that seems very tangential, um, is like the veggie platter. Mm. And like thinking about, so like, well, A, having a veggie platter. I think like one of the ways that we express like hospitality to young people, like yes, through food, but I think it's not just about like, is there food at the table? But, like, is the food at the table actually caring for you, right? Like, so much of the time, what I can offer young people is pizza. Like, and that's not to be, like, shady on pizza. Like, truly, I think programmatically, we probably go through nearly 10 Costco frozen pizzas a week. And that's, like, not, that's not, like, good, bad, right, wrong. It's just, like, a good way to feed a lot of people on the cheap. And it's, like, pretty universally likable, Like, especially when I'm working with young people with a lot of different, like, dietary restrictions and, like, things that they need or don't need and don't like or whatever. And most people like pizza. And the Costco frozen pizza is pretty good. But we almost always add to that a vegetable. 
of some variety. Like usually it's baby carrots or like baby carrots and ranch. Most people like baby carrots and ranch. Often we'll have like something in hummus. Um, for our youth leaders, we can usually like cut up peppers or something like that or cucumbers and have those. Um, and it's not like, not that that's like particularly exotic, but I think like one of the things that we have, I think one of the things that I really appreciate about particularly the staff that I work with, um, is like that they have also, they also like cut up the vegetables and arrange them on a tray. Um, and it's something I observe in other, other staff, like other therapists who I work with who run other groups, um, is that often when we provide snacks to young people, it's not just like I'm plopping the bag of baby carrots down on the middle of the table and being like, figure it out. It's that they're like on a tray, the hummus is in the middle. It looks like cute. Right. And I think like that too is an, ex- it, it is a, an expression of intentionality, right? Like it is a visual cue that says like, I knew you were coming and I tried, right. <laughs> like, right. which again, I think like is more about, I think, yes, it's like, it is recognizing sort of like the, there's a both and in there. One of recognizing that like we need nutritionally dense food, right? Like that, that like you can't just live on frozen pizza <coughs> alone, despite like it's economic efficiency. It's right. not particularly healthy. So like having a healthy option, but I also think like showing care in the presentation of that food, right. Or like that, even just like that we, have a frozen pizza, but like we slice the frozen pizzas and before we put them out, right. Yeah. As like a recognition that like, no, no, like we're providing food for you. We're taking care of you. And so like a little bit of like what feels to me like momming, although I don't know that like everybody sees it that way, but that's how it, that's where it comes from in my life. Right. Um, and I think that's really important too, of those like visual cues. Yeah. Which admittedly is just not a strong suit of mine. Um, which is okay. I also feel like I think that your point of making like nutritionally like balanced and or use nutritiously dense is the phrase you use or something. Yeah. Well, but also like that's something I really love and like shout out to like Chicago Freedom School and O'Malley Share Space with Illinois Caucus for Adolescent Health too. I know that they have a whole like focus in their programming around like examining the food that you eat and they have right. Like um, I think it's like sugar-free preservative free, like a lot of their food, which I'm just like, that's hella admirable as someone who also like often, if not always pretty much like defaults to like pizza and luckily, like, I've gotten to a place where most of the young foot, like, I don't even buy, like, pop anymore because they don't, they don't drink, drink it. it. Like, they want water. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Awesome. Um, they do still really enjoy juice, though. So sometimes I'll pick that up, right? But, um, but yeah, I think that's, that's hugely admirable. And, like, right. Like, also important. And it always does. Like, as someone who at that age, I was just like, I just want the pizza, though. Like, I had young folks who were just like, no, but I really love baby carrots. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to make sure that we got some baby carrots in the house all the time. Like, because I want you to feel cared for in this way, too. Right. Well, yeah. And I think, like, when you were speaking to, like, it not being, 
like necessarily your like number one strength. And I think, I don't, I think I often get much more focused on the work than I do, right? Like, which is not necessarily inappropriate, but one of the things that I have really, I really very intentionally looked for in terms of like hiring additional staff Mm -hmm. and like working with other people was trying to find people who a like valued those pieces of hospitality, um, but be Uh. good at them. And I think like one of the things too, of like recognizing, especially when we have um, like events whose purpose is primarily to community build, right. Or to connect people with one another that creating spaces that look cute Uh. is like a really important part of that, right? Yeah. The idea of like party decorations. And I know it's like, it sounds, it sounds almost trivial, but the idea of showing intentionality or, or making a space feel special, yeah. even if it's in a small way can be so impactful. Like, yes. in this like party decorations way, but I'm even thinking in the context of like, um, one of the things that we often do in the winter time, like as an acknowledgement of winter is like that we have like tea, or like hot chocolate available at our yeah. weekly groups, right? In addition to like the snack or the pizza or whatever, which honestly is just a way to recognize that different seasons are special for different reasons. Right. Like that there is sort of this like tradition and passage of time and sort of marking all of those pieces, which again is often something we think of almost in a familial context, right? Or right. or in this context of sort of like community marking of holidays or whatever, even in like a religious or spiritual community is similar, right? Like that the decorations might change or the foods might change or things like that. But like recognizing that those can be really powerful memory makers, right? Of like, remember like one of the, like, I don't know, like I always remember this time of year because we always do this and it always looks like this, or we always eat this or whatever. And like Mm -hmm. thinking about traditions as a part of hospitality and like rituals, which brings it back to like rituals. Although I think we, thank you for naming all of that, but something that came up for me as you were talking and again, just to shout out some staff, particularly like in thinking of being intentional about like the staff you hire too. Um, I also want to give a shout out to Gus because I think one part of hospitality that often gets not forgotten, but just considered in a different way is like care of the space throughout, which also means cleaning up. Right. And I say that. So like, yes, I might say like, uh, like presentation, cute presentation of food things, not my strong suit. You know what is? being first to jump into like doing the dishes after the fact, because like a doing dishes calms me, but like, this is a way that I can contribute to the space and they're thinking through. So this was the first year that at camp we, well, the first year in many years, um, there was a time at camp where campers were involved at least in like doing the dishes. But this was the first year where we had systems introduced where all every single person at camp whether counselor camper staff what have you contributed to a camp-wide clean session after our large communal meals and I still can't I don't have the words to name just how incredibly successful and how blown away I am at 
just how incredibly that worked and how really I feel like transformative that was to the pacing and the workload and just every like so many folks who have been to camp before came through this year's camp and was like the vibe is just different like the like things don't feel so pressed and I firmly believe that that is a large part of that and so and quite honestly like I feel like those are those are the ways those are the strong suits those are my particular strong suits in in being hospitable like recognizing if there are folks standing around but there are other like chairs that could be grabbed or brought or like reconfigure the room so that like it's always a circle instead of some folks being cut out or whatnot like consideration of space in that way um and so yeah i just didn't want to have a conversation about hospitality and not a acknowledge that component of it and b just sing all the accolades for, <laughs> for Gus. Well, I also, and I think like maybe, and as we're sort of reaching the end of this conversation, I think one of the things that's really sticking out to me is sort of like, there's a lot of both ands in this concept of hospitality, mm-hmm. right? There's sort of like the both anding of like anticipatory and responsive, right? Mm-hmm. That we're saying hospitality is anticipatory and responsive. And I think there's another piece of it that it is also that it is both sort of that there, there is an aesthetic quality, right. To hospitality. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it is both aesthetic and also highly practical, right. That it is about what actually happens, right. Like it wouldn't, like if I tried to have a youth program and like had an artful display of markers in the middle of the table. Like, yes, that might be aesthetically pleasing, but it's not practical because you can't eat markers, Um, you know, or whatever. That's not the best example. But I think, right, this idea of like anticipatory and responsive aesthetic and practical, right. That it sort of holds, holds some of those both hands. And I'm sitting with that. Doesn't at all. All right. So we just said a lot and I'm sure that there's more to be said. We'll have to have many follow-up hospitality conversations, but in the meantime, um, let's go ahead and check out for the episode um, with something you're leaving this episode with or this conversation with something you're taking with you I have two things of course um one thing that I am thinking a lot about of is like the metaphor the the metaphor of how we greet people when they show up at our homes Mm. and thinking about how that applies to youth space and like you know like the even the statement of like come in come in here's where you can put your hat here's where the bathroom is like just like the sort of like mapping um, that we do for people often when they arrive and then thinking about what that looks like at an exit. And I, it's making me, and so like, we've talked a lot about, I think like the first part, but Mm. I am taking away with me the desire to think through how, how, what is a hospitable exit? How do we demonstrate hospitality at an ending instead of at a beginning? So I'm like thinking about that. Yeah. Um, so fuck (laughs) that. 
Um, <laughs> containers for leftovers. Right. right. Yeah. I don't know. Just like, what does that look like? And then um, the other thing that I am taking away is, and sort of leaving with is the, is curiosity around um, alternative, more healthful food options. Mm. The same staff member that we have just talked about all episode, um, which is Gus, also did for our cookout event, had um, for the food, made some pizza, but in addition to the pizza, made vegetable and chicken skewers because it was like a campfire event. So the idea was like to channel fire foods. Um, as like an add on, which was like people were super into and had a lot of veggies and it was cool. So I'm just like, are there other ways we could incorporate, even if it's a both and right. Even if they're sort of the, like, here's a pizza, but like also what are the add ons that we could add as well? So I'm, those are, that's what I'm taking away. That's what I'm leaving with. Yeah. What are you leaving with? Um, I am leaving with the reminder that, that presentation matters mm-hmm. and that it is it is worth the visual cue that um, that you can it is worth taking the few extra minutes right and like building that into your schedule because oftentimes that's what it is right it's just carelessness or I'm like working like right up until the moment that the Mm -hmm. meeting is starting or that the food is arriving or whatnot. And it is worth carving out the extra like five to 10 minutes to be like, wait, but I can arrange this and I can um, make this look cute for you. Just as cute as y'all put into like making a space for one of our events, I can put into making like this platter cute for you. Because you deserve that. A beautiful platter is a beautiful thing. Um, and that's it for this episode of The Third Space. Um, we hope you'll be back next time for our episode on onboarding and sort of bringing new young people into our programs. Um, we'd love to have listener questions and ideas on future episodes. Um, so please send us your brilliance in a voice memo to info at airandwaterwork.com. Um, also throwing out a little shout out, as you may have heard on other podcasts, that if you could rate and write a review of our podcast on whatever platform you're using, um, that's really helpful. That helps people find it. Um, so until next time, thank you, youth workers, for all that you do. We see you. We appreciate you. You rock.